Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. What? Your Uncle Timmy. And I mean this. On his best day, he was never as tough as you. I'm not talking about crying or the drugs or anything. I'm talking about in his heart. In his heart. You understand me? And all this charming bullshit, this uh, Big Tim Uncle Boss bullshit. And I know you love him and I know why. But when you see him like that, you don't have to worry because that's not how it's going to be for you. You're not going to be one of these people that goes through life wondering why shit keeps falling out of the sky around them. I know that. I know it. Okay? I see it every time I look at you. I see it right now. I don't know where you got it from, but you got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith. And Tommy. And we're back on another Monday night to bring you the finest show that has probably ever existed in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you don't agree with that? Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with it, but uh, I I take issue with a bunch of it. (laughs) I see. So you don't agree this is probably the finest show that has ever existed? I mean, uh... You know, uh, there's lots of really great shows out there. And in terms of what I think, this is, how about this? This is the greatest show I've ever been on. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I'll take (laughs) it. Well, tonight on the show, we are going to have Mike Migliacci, Bucks County and Philadelphia legend. He's been in a ton of bands. He's got pizza justice going on, which I want to talk to him about because I eat pizza almost every day. And uh, it's going to be a great time. I didn't know that. Yeah. You eat pizza almost every day? Almost every day. Whether it's frozen or if I go to the shop and get it. Okay, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Because usually when I get off, like when we're talking and like you're like, all right, I got to go get my frozen pizza. Like, yeah, I I, I can hear that that uh, frozen and fresh mixed together. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't I don't eat great and I'm going to have to change that. But. Uh, that's a that's a topic for another day. But do you know do you know what this past Friday was? Uh, May fourteenth. Do you know the significance of that day? No. May fourteenth, twenty twenty one. I had four years drug and alcohol free. Oh my goodness! Congratulations, sir. I did not know that. Yeah. How about that? I knew you had an anniversary coming up soon. I just wasn't sure about the date. There you go. Congratulations, bro. 
Thank you. I'm I'm going to speak about it a little bit. Let me cue up some heroic music here. <laughs> so a little over four years ago, I was at the end of my rope. I felt like shit all the time. I wanted to die or get arrested or overdose because there was just no way that I could stop what I was doing. And so I, I was like, I got to stop. I'm going to stop this weekend. So I woke up on a Saturday morning in a stupor from the night before and I did the last of my drugs and I was like, that's it. This is it. And somehow I managed to stop. You know, I, it took me three weeks, I think, to detox and it took me probably almost a year to feel normal again. It's been a lot of work. It's been incredibly hard. I wanted to give up almost the entire first year I still wanted to get high again almost the entire first year there was one point when I had about six months clean that I tried to give up I I called the dealer and I said if he gets back to me before midnight I'm gonna get high but something someone something made it so that he didn't get back to me to until the next day and by then I didn't want to get high again and I don't know, I've managed to put all this time together and I'm glad that I did because I didn't have a life before. You know, my whole life consisted of sitting inside and watching the wire over and over again and laying on a couch, asleep, passed out, trash everywhere. Um, and I have a really full life now, you know? I've done a lot of things, the band, the play, the acting lessons, the podcast, of course, Tommy, the podcast. And, of course. Uh... uh it's been tough. It's been really tough, especially lately. Um, you know, because of there's stuff going on that's affecting my recovery, and I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just in the my feelings a lot lately, and that is a bad place to be when you're me. But I've been here before, and I'm hopeful because I've been here before, and because I'm, you know, not high every single day and night now I know that things are going to get better and they are better they're better now you know like I feel way better than I did two weeks ago I feel better than I did last week I just got to keep going I got to keep doing the work and uh, everything's going to be okay so if anyone out there is uh, if anybody out there is struggling with this type of thing uh, reach out to me you know I can tell you what worked for me and uh, maybe I can help you maybe I can I don't know I can tell you what worked for me and being of service like we've talked about before Tommy trying to help others yeah getting out of my own stupid head and my ego and all my bullshit is what helps me is what keeps me is what keeps me clean and sober. So yeah, I don't know if you're if you're if you're struggling with uh, something similar and you're curious, you can reach out to me. I'll tell you what worked for me, and that's it. Yeah, I my thing is I I've known Keith for a very long time, and I, I one I'll start with this. I'm unbelievably proud of you because I know this has been a really really arduous and and difficult journey. Like it's taken a long time. Like oh, this, yeah. um, and you have, you've put off a lot of things that normal people would be like, or I'm sorry, you, you've put up 
with a lot of things that normal people would just be like, all right, that's enough. I'm going back. Um, and you have persevered through it. And it's, it's amazing because when you look at the numbers in terms of people that recover, especially, uh, from you, you know, your drug of choice, it, it's few and far between. So, um, not many make it back and you are here and you are productive and creative and awesome. And you've been my friend for 20 years. And, uh, I'm just glad you're still around because, uh, you were scary there for a little while. I'll never forget. I sent you, (laughs) this is before it got really bad in 2016 is when it got really dark. And I, my favorite thing used to be like, I woke up in the morning and there would be like a pile of my drugs of choice on a CD case next to my bed. And I remember like cutting them all out and separating them. And I sent you a picture of them. (laughs) And I always wonder what your reaction must have been like, is he okay? Like, I just always, you always partied so hard, but I, I like, we've said this before, like, you know, my perception of you was like, you had it together. Because in my head, like, you didn't get fired from your job. Mm-hmm. You could pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I mean, I think it just speaks volumes about you in terms of, like, your abilities as a person. And I think uh, it's nice to kind of look back at that now. But uh, think about now moving forward. You're no longer handicapped by that. You you don't have that as a something that's holding you back. So fucking sky's the limit, man. Yeah. I mean, it works until it doesn't. It stopped working in 2016. It stopped being manageable. And then I had to make a change. Yeah. And I'm so glad you did. Yes. And here we are. And in in other exciting news, Tommy, your boy was in the news. Oh, no. Who's my boy? Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. I really thought for a second. I was like, I, I... I don't know if I want to talk about this, okay? <laughs> Child actor Ricky Schroeder has been in the news because he went to a Costco and he was giving the guy at the door a hard time because he didn't want to wear a mask. Uh-huh. I have a clip of it right here. Let's listen to this and then uh, uh-huh. I want to get your... As an expert on Costco, I want to get your take <laughs> on it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. What's your name? My name is Jason. And who do you, what do you do here? I'm a supervisor, front-end supervisor. And, and are, why aren't you letting me in? Because in the state of California, in the county of Los Angeles, there has been no... And Costco, there's been no change yes, to our mask policy. Not in the state of California or in the county didn't of Los Angeles. Didn't you see the news? You didn't see the news. Nationwide, nationwide Costco has said you don't wear, need to wear a mask. Actually, that's not accurate. What is, what is accurate? And the mandate in California has not changed. There does seem to be the possibility that in June... By mid-June, that's a date that California, I know, oh, if is they allow at. us, if they, if they grant us that, our kings, the people in power, you're going to listen to these people? Well, I know they've they're... destroyed our economy. Well, they're so destroying they're our culture. <laughs> they're destroying our state. And you're just going to listen to their rules. Well, what we are going to do is simply follow the guidelines. Okay. I'm getting my refund. I'm getting my refund from Costco. I suggest everybody in California get their refund from Costco. Give up your membership to Costco oh until my. they remove this. <laughs> Fucking blasphemy, this man. <laughs> no, where the fuck else are you going to go and get a two pack of giant things of peanut butter for nine ninety nine? This is fucking. This guy's out of his mind. Here's the other thing: this whole thing with like people saying like this is tyranny of the highest order. It's like really, 
I don't think you've ever lived under a fucking tyrannical system, like system. I don't think you've ever like experienced real deprivation. Like these people think like, Oh, I got to wear a piece of paper over my fucking face, bro. You could have walked in with a bandana on and it loosely sagging over your nose and nobody was said a goddamn word. Yeah. It's a dumb person thing to, yeah. to fight oh. this fight. Now, if he went to Costco and wanted to fight against the ravages of capitalism or the fake two-party system that prevents any real progress in this country, or, you know, the fact that voting doesn't actually matter, or, you know, <laughs> well, these are just my beliefs. I don't expect yeah. everyone to have them. But now, if he went there to fight that fight, I'd be all about it. But the mask thing is so lame. Shut up and wear the mask. You, like, businesses can decide if you have to wear a mask in the in the business or not. That's just the way it goes. It doesn't matter what the CDC says. It matters what the state says, and it matters what the establishment says. And if they say you got to wear a mask, then wear a mask and stop being a baby about it. Who cares? 100%. Here's the thing. Like, 7-Eleven has the thing on the door that still says, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Like, get the fuck out. Like, if you don't want to wear <laughs> fucking shoes in here, like, that's like the thing. They've already decided that as a business. Like, as a private business owner, you have the right to, one, set your own fucking ideas of what you want enforced in your building and then two you have the right to refuse service to anybody based on your whim like if you're like i don't like your fucking hat you're wearing a dallas cowboys jersey get the fuck out like that kind of stuff like you can do whatever you want it's your business now you can't discriminate against anybody because of their skin color right race ethnicity gender whatever but yeah if somebody sucks and you want them out of your store get the fuck out and the thing is, is this dope was on silver spoons 35 years ago and he thinks he's entitled to something. It's like, bro, I don't even like, I, I don't get that. I understand where people like feel like their personal freedom has been impinged upon. And I, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, well, didn't he's like trying to argue with like, didn't you see the news? Yeah. The mask ban was lifted for the entire country. No, it wasn't. It, it was lifted in specific states, and there are states like right now, New Jersey, where I work, literally said, we are not lifting the indoor mask ban. Yeah. Nothing has changed. We are going to reevaluate, I think, as of like, you know, June 11th or something like that. But we're not changing it. Just because the federal government says something is happening doesn't mean it necessarily has to happen. That's the whole point of like the state's rights clause in the fucking Constitution. Like states can decide their own fate with certain things like because what's good for Texas might not be good for Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like it's it's different. People have different populations. They have different segmentations of people. It's, it's actually people what's good stupid. for Texas probably would be good for Arkansas. Yeah, uh, maybe. How about this? What's good for Texas may not be good for Oregon. There you go. <laughs> is that better? Is, it, is that better contrast there? But you're exactly right. <laughs> Texas and Arkansas. You might as well just lump the Tex Arkansas Mississippi, which is all one big fucking place. Um, but uh, no, I think he's a kook, dude. I think that's crazy. Yeah, stop with the mask fighting. Just just do it. The other thing is, is like, how much of an inconvenience is it that people think they're taking a stand against something and it's really just like, or you're being a nerd, like, and you're getting in people's way that are trying to go buy fucking peanut butter. Stop trying to get in there and get $15 sandals. Stop. A mask is not tyranny, but the crushing presence of capitalism that binds us all down and keeps us no i'm, I'm just I'm, i was just gonna say I, i'm a big fan of capitalism i like my iphone and my house <laughs> i mean i i do too but things need to change but that's another topic for another time 
and uh check back in with us uh at the at the end of the show we'll have some more random things to talk about and uh some good news about one of our own so uh but right now we're gonna talk to mike migliacci yeah migs enjoy all right folks we're here now with mike migliacci mike welcome to the show yeah what's going on how are you guys doing all right how are you how are you doing today today i'm doing good this is the part where I wanted to go. Because <laughs> I know I, I love the little, uh, you know, segue in with the quicksand drums. Yes, you're the first person to point that out, and I love you for it. Yeah, I, I from the, when you, uh, you know, we're doing it. I was like, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I throw in little Easter eggs like that all the time. Well, Mike, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Let's take it back a bit and get to know you. Now, you grew up in Bucks County, much like we did, correct? Yeah, uh, Bristol Borough. So you're a Bristol Borough lifer? Lifer, uh, yeah. I've been here my whole life. Nice. I grew up in uh, Bristol Township for a little bit. I used to live in Margot Gardens, and that seemed to be a uh, identifier. Like, if you say you're from Bristol, people would be like, Borough or township. Right. And then I'd say township, and they'd be like, ah, no, you don't live in Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> People from Bristol, they're, they're like, wait, the township's not the borough. That's, that's different. It's much different, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your background, including where you grew up and kind of your musical trajectory, like how you discovered right. it and how you started playing instruments and all that kind of stuff. Well, when I was a kid, I remember like the first record I had was Cool the Gang, Emergency. Then after that, it was like Michael Jackson, Van Halen, and then nice. I and then I didn't really like music when I was little. I remember being like in elementary school, and kids always like had a favorite group, or they would talk about music, and I was like, I don't listen to music. That surprises me because most of the musicians we talk to, they're like, oh yeah, from the very beginning, I liked all music and all bands and all that stuff. Yeah, it wasn't until I would say I was around. I don't know, 12 and I heard Metallica and then that was, that was it for me. Like I had like tons of Metallica shirts, hats, like I just dove into Metallica. I wanted to play guitar. Yeah. Like that's what did it for me. Yeah. Before that I was just like, not really, cause all I heard was stuff on the radio and none of that was, you know, connecting with me. Can you right. hear them kids yelling in the background? Yes, but that that's okay. I mean, we can't really control that, you know? They're, they're my kids. I think they're playing out front. <laughs> I'm all the way upstairs in the attic, and I can still yeah. hear them screaming outside. <laughs> they're having fun. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. They're, we don't want to impede on the kids' fun. That would just be wrong. Yeah, yesterday, um, I had a, a pretend wedding, and I had to marry my daughter with her friends. Who? Uh, no, well, I was the husband. She goes, Dad, you're going to oh, be the husband. There you go. Oh, I was going to say, wouldn't that be kind of weird if it was like some random kid and she's, yeah, you know. Well, that's what I said. I was like, well, who am I marrying? And she's like, me. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to marry one of your friends. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I when I think of you, I think because you, you are a huge metal guy. Like you had the long hair back in the day. And when yeah. I think of Metallica, I think of you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, when I had hair, I, I don't have hair no more. <laughs> so you and Tommy have that in common. Yeah. Okay. Me and Tommy also like the same crazy um, Instagram things. Like there'll be like, uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll notice there's like, 
you know, just like fucked up Instagram shit. And I'll like <laughs> yeah. it. And then the one other person on my friends list that likes it is Tommy. I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. Then. Like the, the other day, there was some really big girl that fell down the steps. Oh, yeah. And she knocked over some other girl. Oh, shit was fucked up. I mean, I felt Yo. bad for her, but I laughed and then I liked it. And then I saw Tommy liked it, too. So I was like, all right. That dude runs it. That's that rich, the photo man, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yo, he is like the, he fucking posts like the most crazy shit. And then, but he is really, really, really picky about who he lets follow. So like, I remember I followed him like a year and a half ago. And I finally was just like, why is this guy leaving me? Like, it like won't let me in. Like what the hell is going on here? Because I was like, I found his page like maybe two years ago and he got closed down and he said, here's the new one. And I was like, oh, okay. And he wouldn't let me in. And he was like, guys, got to be real. I, I finally DM'd him. And I was like, yeah, what's going on? He's like, dude, I got to be real careful. Everybody's a rat. I, I post up stuff. He goes, I think it's going to be funny. I think people are going to react. And he goes, people report me. And I get uh, fucking yeah. shut down. Right. So yeah. he, he probably thought you were a cop. Yeah, probably. I'm not going to you, you got a cop name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a, I, and I, 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 there is a, I've told, been told by, uh, I'm a teacher in Trenton. I've been told by my, to a bunch of my students, there is an undercover narcotics. Well, I guess he's not really that undercover. Um, but there is a narcotics officer <laughs> in Trenton that looks identical to me. And his name, <laughs> they go, Oh, that picture you showed me, that's the cop? Yes. Oh. And, it, and his last name is like something Irish too, like Sullivan or uh, like uh, Donovan or, or Donaghy or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're officer. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not, though. <laughs> to become a cop, your last name has to be Sullivan. <laughs> right. I have strict rules for Instagram. I, I won't follow meme pages where you have to follow and be approved because I, I don't want I just don't like that dynamic. Oh, you know, and I I'm like crazy with social media. So. I can't handle, like, if if I follow someone and they don't follow me back, like, I get nuts about it. Because I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, I know you. I went, you know, and you're not following me. Oh, you can't follow me. So, I only follow people if they follow me first. Oh, Jesus Christ. I made, I, I made <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I made, I'm nuts. I made sure today, I was like, because I heard on one of the other episodes, um, these were almost at, like, a, like a pinnacle, oh, yeah. monumental number of followers on instagram so i'm like all right let me go check off all of my accounts or i was already i was already following them all of them yeah since we we were one follower away from three thousand that's what it was and we've since plummeted to 2990 i was like oh man what, what happened people want the luck they're like let me go see if i'm following so i can unfollow yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just people being dicks are like you know what the thing is is like we look at it as like you know that was kind of like a milestone for us was like we've what was it keith if we had a thousand people following we do the podcast is that what the number was yes and then it, then we got to a thousand and then it just started going higher and higher but like Keith was really good about like, I'm just going to add all these people, but we didn't realize like Instagram has all these crazy rules. Like you can't add, what was it? 50 actions a day or something like that, Keith? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. If you follow or unfollow more than 50 people in a day, you will be restricted. Uh, yeah. Temporary disable your account. I was like, yeah. And if it, you, if you keep doing it, like if you become too much of a nuisance, you'll, they'll just get rid of your account. So Mike, you're, you're way into Metallica. And that's how that's how you decided to start playing guitar. Yeah, pretty much. Like uh, Kirk Hammett was the guy I wanted to be, and then I found an old acoustic guitar 
in my grandparents' attic. You know, I was messing around with that. Then I ended up buying my own uh, guitar at Philly Music off of Luke. Ah, <laughs> yeah. He used to work there. And then my dad played guitar when he was younger. So he, the first riff I learned how to play was Iron Man. And I played, you know, Iron Man Black Sabbath over and over and over again. Isn't it amazing when you like actually figure out your first part and you're like, oh my God, I can do this. <laughs> my neighbors, I guess they could hear me playing it. So like they would start calling me Iron. They're like, what's up, Iron Man? Because <laughs> it was all I could play it, like, you know, in the beginning. And folks, the Luke that uh, Mike is referencing is Luke Carmen, Northeast scene guest who worked at Philadelphia Music Company. And you guys were also in a band together, nailed right in, correct? Yeah, yep. See the deep connections that we form and cherish here at the Northeast scene? They're endless. We're all connected somehow. So how do you segue from metal into hardcore? I'm always interested in that. I went directly into hardcore. I never really had a metal phase. So I let's say I'm probably like around 12 when I'm into Metallica. And then I'm getting into like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Pantera, you know, like the the bigger metal bands yes. and I have an older brother and then my older brother was into like hardcore and punk rock. So he would show me like minor threat, black flag, bad religion, things like that. And yeah. then that was like kind of how I got more into hardcore punk rock. And once I found out that minor threat, like I didn't know straight edge was a thing. Yeah. And when I was younger, all the kids, you know, drank or smoke and i just it just wasn't my thing back then then i found out that that was like it was called something so of course i was kind of drawn to minor threat because of that and there was not really any other kids my age in bristol that liked that kind of music like someone like my brother and his friends but back then like we're only four years apart but when you're little it's like a big gap. So I'm not going to be hanging out with his friends. Right. And then I discovered uh, Battle of Bands at the YMCA. This is probably like early, mid-90s, probably early 90s, I guess. And every weekend they would have just local bands play. And that's where I met a lot of, you know, people that I still know now. But most most of the kids that I, you know, connected with were a lot of kids that were in the Chamonix. Yes. Because a lot of the kids from the Chamonix either played instruments or, you know, liked the same kind of music. Exactly. That's, yeah, like Mike Shaw and Colin and Gary and all those guys. That that was who I hung out with. And people still think I went to the Chamonix sometimes, which I didn't. I was a Conwell Egan kid, but oh. everyone I knew and hung out with was from the Chamonix. Yeah, like, but Egan, there was maybe a couple of kids that were into like punk rock, like the band Pike, a lot of those kids, they were, yeah. they were in Egan. Um, but besides that, most of the, you know, kids that were into the same kind of music were in Chamonix. There was like a lot of, there was like a bigger ska scene. I remember with Pensbury though, but they were all dicks. Yeah, they are. But like the kids that went there back then, I remember. <laughs> well, isn't that the rich school? Don't they have like that crazy prom where they drive like yeah, weird yeah. cars up to it and stuff? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. They, they have like some nationally famous prom. Apparently, I never I went, went to that. Was it cool? No. <laughs> Did John Mayer, John Mayer played the one year. Yeah, he played the year before I went. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, I went the year after that, and it was like, all right. It's, it's. I will say this though, like you walked into a high school, and it didn't seem like you were in a high school anymore. They really do like they cover everything. Like yeah, it's, de- awesome. it's decorations everywhere. You walk down a hallway, you didn't see a single classroom door, a single locker, a water fountain. Like everything was fucking covered. Like it was, it was pretty unbelievable. But at the same time, it's like I don't. Proms really aren't like cool to me. Like, but for if you're into proms. My mom kept pushing me to go to my prom because she's like, oh, you'll regret it. You'll regret it if you don't go. I regret going. <laughs> and I didn't, re- you know, like, I don't care about the prom. I, I was awkward. I, I, like, asked my ex-girlfriend to go who dumped me because I didn't know anybody else. And I, I don't know, man. I wish I wouldn't have gone. She sounds like a not nice girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I, went- st- I was like, stop yourself, Mike. <laughs> well listen if you're if you dump me you have to be crazy right come on right. Oh, come on yeah. fuck come is on. wrong with you jesus yeah fuck you thinking dude i went to, i went to so many dances because i went to an all boys school and i knew tons of girls that went to all girls schools and they were like hey my friend needs a date for this winter formal do you want to go and i was like uh Hearing that just that that makes me like resentful because no one asked me to go on a date with anybody until I was like 35. Well, I'm like half joking, but in uh, Tommy, you're telling me in high school girls were like, Oh, you need to go to this dance with so and so? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot well, of well, that's came... because he was playing with his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of it was like, um, he went they... to school with his shirt off, he just yeah, never wore like, a shirt. He was a he was a lacrosse jock. I right. get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I used to just, I was gonna say, I just wore a tie, no shirt, just ties to school. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a lot of it came down to. Uh, I don't know if they had rules at certain schools at like Villa or uh, Mount St. Joseph or anything like that. But uh, I think it was kind of like a, hey, my friend doesn't have a date and we all want to take a date with us so we can all kind of pool our money together and get a limo. And I would be like, all right, I'm going, but I'm not paying for a limo. That was a perfect segue to debut our new sound clip. Hold on. Listen to this. I constantly think about ways that I can save money. (laughs) (laughs) you do love saving money you and gary shaw you're 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 my two peas in a pod yeah before this is hardcore i remember we went to uh some bar to go get a drink and we met mike shaw and gary shaw and keith you were there too we all went together and we were like sitting around and gary goes uh he opens his wallet to pay for his beer and he's like do you want a beer i'm like no i'm all right and he's like he opens his wallet it's like four inches thick and i'm like what the hell do you have in there it's just coupons. It's literally like he might have had like $40 in cash. The rest of it was fucking coupons all folded up. I was like, so Mike. Yes. Was Scarred for Life your first band or were there other bands before that? All right. So my, I don't even know the name of my very first band. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> we played, we played a party and my friend Rachel was the only person that watched us. And oh. it was like, it was like me and my like two other friends yeah and we kind of like switched instruments and i remember we played like youth of today covers yeah and like a few uh originals but then like the first band i got into uh that band pike and then right as 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 i joined they broke up (laughs) so i never ended up playing a show with them and then the me and the drummer and the singer from pike then formed rejected youth so rejected youth was like my first band. 
then from Rejected Youth was Scarred for Life. And then Scarred for Life was everybody, well, it was me, the bass player, and the drummer from Rejected Youth, and then a different singer. So how did that different singer come into the fold? I want well here let let me set the stage a little bit. I I I don't like the singer. His name is uh, K Nord. Wait, <laughs> it's, no, that's no, no, no. too obvious. No, that's, I don't want to be too obvious. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin N. <laughs> so I just I, I everything is clouded by the fact that I don't like him. So I just I just imagine like that no one else can like him too. So how does he come into the fold? So um, Rejected Youth ended the same way that Scarred for Life ended. No. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, I don't care. Um, we played a couple cool shows. I remember we played the church with like Endeavor and Autumn and I Hate You. Oh, nice. And then the last show was at the Masonic Temple. And then the singer was quitting. He wasn't going to show up. And we're all there with our equipment. And, you know, I'm young. So, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, doing stupid shit like. <laughs> punching people <laughs> so the last song was over and i punched him in the face because he was quitting yeah and he wasn't going to show up and he gave me like a, a hard time and i was pissed i'm like uh, if he shows up i'm fucking knocking his ass <laughs> <laughs> did you do it on stage on stage at the last uh, at the last song wow See, I was going to say, now, the same thing happened with Scarred for Life, and folks, we're going to get to that in a minute, yeah. and I was going to say, like... We'll build, we'll build up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting there. So, like, I've never seen a band beat each other up on stage. No, like, we were, like, the first Bed Like 13. Yeah. Yes. So you're, like, you're like an innovator, in a way. <laughs> yeah, or, or just a dick. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say more, like, yeah, like, I'm... Yeah. And folks, yep. keep in mind, this uh, Mike was a teenager at the time, and we don't condone violence now. Yeah, but no, no. We want to share these tales with you. So, so Scarred for Life starts up, right? Uh, yeah. So then, after that ended, we still, you know, had songs, and we wanted to. That was that band was like kind of more punk rock, and then we were starting to get more into like hardcore because at the Reject the Youth shows, we would be cover we would cover a Judge song. Like more, we were getting more into hardcore, and then there was like no local hardcore bands, really at all. Yeah, playing like the kind of style of hardcore. Mostly, it was like punk rock bands and ska bands, and then like like crappy metal bands. Yeah, Lo locally, it was all the dudes from Suffering Truth, but before Suffering Truth. And oh, I came around when Suffering Truth was still a thing, so I'm not sure. So Kevin sang for their band that i can't remember the name of the band but uh at the time i was like oh yo he kind of sounds like carl from earth crisis yeah um because nobody was like screaming like that and that was like the kind of singer that we wanted so we stole kevin to be in scarred for life and then i think he ended up quitting that band and mm -hmm. then then from them i remember they started suffering truth and they got john and then i was like fuck john's so much better <laughs> like I, I remember initially thinking that i was like shit we were doing you know like we were into like earth crisis was definitely like a big influence sick of it all you know yeah because like, i remember nord even wore the headband like buchner oh, from earth no. crisis yeah yeah he's a dork <laughs> <laughs> i agree with you there 
so yeah, I mean, we played a lot of shit. We got to we got to play with uh, Zayo a couple times. We played with No Innocent Victim. So we got to play like some pretty cool shows, and we were young. Yeah, how old were you at the time? So I'm probably like 15. Oh wow! So I, I remember real quick at the known as a victim show, my friend jumped off the stage onto the soundboard because for some reason they put the soundboard on the side where people were moshing (laughs) (laughs) and then like fucked up the next band set because they couldn't get it working until I guess Zayo or whoever came on. But I just remember that. I thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But known as a victim, you remember them? No. Oh yeah. Dude, they were like, they're so at this show, it was all Christian bands, except us. So I just wow. I just assumed they thought we were a Christian band, but it yeah. was like Speedy Delivery, Zayo, Known as a Victim, us, and probably somebody else. Yeah, but like at those Christian hardcore shows, like you would think it would be kind of chill because you're like, oh, it's Christian hardcore. Nah, they went hard. Oh, nice. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember, like those were like like some of like the craziest pits. <laughs> like people were like moshing super hard. I'm like, oh my god! Like these Christian kids, they they get it in. <laughs> yeah, because they probably have to show you, like, yo, we're not just Christian kids. We can right. hold our own. Right. We'll we'll nail you to the cross. <laughs> <laughs> so scarred for life. Now, I actually the very first hardcore show I ever went to was that show at the Shaw House, which I think was the last scarred for life show. I guess it would have been this day forward's like first show. Yes. Yes, and Suffer and Truth played too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that was was that the last time Scarred for Life ever played? Uh, I I don't remember. I don't remember if we played after I punched them. I think the house show was after the punching. Yeah, I think it was too because I kind of remember people watching the video. Yeah, yeah. Now the video was legendary. Now, folks, there was a there was another on on stage. <laughs> band fight incident this makes me sound like such a dick (laughs) (laughs) listen it was a long time ago it was like 20 years ago so probably longer than that i'm i'm 40 now yeah and i don't like the person who got punched so it's fine now there was a technical difficulty on stage right and yeah like i was trying to my guitar was i don't know not working and i'm like finicking with the 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 jack on the side of the stage because i didn't want to be like messing with my guitar yeah. On the stage. And Tenor turns around on stage in the middle of the song and into the mic says, fuck you. No, he says, get out here, you fucking pussy. Whoa. Oh so Now, I have, wait, I have to ask, why, was there any previous beef? Like, why, why this aggression out of nowhere? Right. So I thought the same thing. Yeah. And, and like, I think... So Kevin grew up in a neighborhood that had drive driveways. Yes. And in, in Bristol, you got a parallel park. So it's a little bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, if you say something like that, normally it's like, ha, ha, ha. Me growing up, when someone said that, it's time to fight. So yeah. I dropped my guitar and I punched him a couple times. <laughs> he curled up in a ball. And then, like, a bunch of people grabbed me and pulled me, like, to the side. And as that was happening, my little sister was there. And then she jumped up on stage, and then she kicked him in, like, the head. (laughs) She's like, fuck you, Kevin. (laughs) Because she didn't know what was going on either. But, you know, she's just ready to fight. Yeah. And that just shows the nerve of this individual, who I should mention again that I dislike. Because 
Like, there was no previous beef or fight or anything? He just, like, what the hell? He was a scumbag, and he did scumbag-ass shit to, like, a lot of people. So, I mean, yeah, it was coming to him regardless if it was me or somebody else. Yeah, because I dislike him because of something scumbag he did to me twice. Not once, but twice. Yeah, And I that see- just shows the nerve of this individual, because I wouldn't say fuck you to you even joking around. well if you said it to me i I would think you were joking around do you remember like anything after the show or any of the aftermath i don't i don't like i remember like kind of that going down and what happened but but i don't remember if that was the last show or if like things were good and we played more shows after that i feel like we played more shows after that yeah but not many yeah i'm guessing kevin uh left you alone if you had technical difficulties after that show yeah, he never um, he never said another thing again. <laughs> so I got a funny Kevin story, actually. Yes, please. I was, I was at the mall. This is years ago. And I see some, like, dude. He looked like Shaggy from uh, Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got, like, Air Jesus is on and khaki shorts and some, like, weird, like, old man polo. Long, shaggy hair and, like, a big, scruffly beard. And he's like, give me all these dirty looks. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this homeless dude's problem? Like, <laughs> like, why is he keep looking at me? And then it dawned on me. I was like, that motherfucker's K Nord. No. Yeah. Well, he didn't say nothing to me. And I didn't say nothing to him. Like, well, of course he's not going to say anything. I wouldn't say anything to him either. Yo, he, he like changed his look every month. Like one month he'd have his hair slicked back and yeah, he was, was a like, li- yeah. And he was listening to like indie rock and dressed in all black and then the next month he was like oh i don't i don't listen to music anymore man right, i don't have he, time for that like he's uh, just windbreaker <laughs> pants on and yeah so uh, you know well anyway i don't want to give him any more time so <laughs> nah, nah. so also since we're talking about the scarred for life error yes when we recorded we had um a bunch of people come in to do the gang vocals Yes. And I remember Mike Shaw was there, Gary was there, Mike Cochran, Dan Mooney, I think Pat Mulraney, John Demshock. But that was when we figured out that Mike Shaw could scream. Oh, wow. So, like, he would come up, uh, there was like one song, one Scar for Life song that he would always, like, we would give him the mic. We were like, oh, sing this part. We're like, man, your vocals are awesome. You should sing in a band. He's like, oh, I don't know. So then they, uh, you know, they start this band and they asked me to play drums. I'm like, yeah, I'll play drums. Sure. Yeah. So this was, it was this day forward, but at the time it was called kill the script. Whoa. That was the name of the band before this day forward. And the first song that we wrote together, well, I didn't, I just played drums. They wrote the riffs. It was Shaw on vocals, Mike Golan on guitar, Colin played guitar and I feel like Randy, Randy Weir. I feel like he played bass, and then, yeah. and then he didn't, and then Gary played bass because we had some practices in Colin's basement, and I remember playing Colin's drums, and then we had some practices in my parents' basement, and Gary was there playing bass, and we used to cover an Inside Out song, "Burning Fight," right? It was "Burning Fight." We might have did two. I think we did that and "No Spiritual Surrender." Yeah, like to, at the practices, and we had like two songs that Golan and Colin wrote. And then, you know, like a stupid ass, I was like, oh, I can't really be in two bands. So I picked Scarred for Life 
And that was obviously the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hindsight's twenty twenty, Mike. Sure is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. I had no idea you were you were part of the origin story. Yeah. Wow. So do you do you ever think about it and you're like, oh man? I love those songs. Uh, they're 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 awesome. I would be really mad if I chose a band with K Nord over this day forward personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah rub it in. <laughs> if you want to try to make me cry on the podcast it's not going to happen no. <laughs> you know what i'm i'm sorry that was wrong of me um, <laughs> it's funny so so yeah my my very first hardcore show before i even listened to the music really was that shaw house it was the first this day forward show i remember i specifically remember watching scarred for life one thing i remember about the show was that the bands were getting better as they went along which means that it was billed correctly because I remember watching the first couple of bands and being like, eh. And then I saw Scarred for Life, and I was like, oh, these guys are good. And then I saw Suffering Truth, and I was like, oh, my God, these guys are really good. Yeah. And then I saw This Day Forward, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good first experience. I can't believe that their parents let them have shows in the living room. And, like, people were, like, moshing right, oh, yeah. right there in the living Like, it was really cool of their parents to let that happen. And that happened a lot. Yeah, yeah. They, it was like an every year thing, and that and the uh, the New Year's Eve parties. Oh my oh, god, Lord. those are those are legendary. My f- my first year out of college, I was teaching in al- at an alternative school, and th- one of the parts of my job was I had to drive. Actually, I was in Bristol, and I had to pick kids up in Bristol, and I had to pick kid in Morrisville, and uh, or I'm sorry, as people from Morrisville say, Marsville. So I had to pick these, I had to pick these kids up and, uh, I took the van home every day. I didn't have to drop it off. So, uh, I was like, you know what? I I drink every new year's Eve anyway. Why don't I just take the day off and I'll just drive a bunch of people. Cause I have this fucking huge van, uh, gigantic mistake, gigantic (laughs) mistake because people knew going into it. They're like, I have a designated driver. I'm going to go ape shit. And I was like literally driving people home. I had to pull over like three times because everybody's, I'm going to throw up. I'm gonna open the window. I'm like, it's a fucking 15 passenger van. You could pop the window out. That's it. Like you can open that little crack. That's it. I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. You can't yeah, throw you up drive van. 15 people home. So you got to go to 15 <laughs> different places. <laughs> Thank uh, God. Actually, I think I only had like six or seven people with me. But it, it was enough to make it fucking annoying after the second person. Like right. I looked back and I was like, fuck, there's still so many people here. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, what, what did you do after scarred for life? What was your like next foray into music? So after Scarred for Life was Punishment. Ah, yes. Now, I remember hearing that Punishment was going to be a band, and I was very afraid, because I was like, shows in Philly are already insane. Imagine seeing this band in Philly. It's going to be the craziest thing that's ever happened. There's a video on YouTube of our very first show. There's like a lot of... Um, lot of familiar faces gary's in it uh doug's in it you know like a bunch of people came out you know to see the show and you would not think it was our very first show because all our friends there and it's uh it's 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 insane like (laughs) where was it at the kill time oh Oh, shit yeah and the first show was with bad luck 13 oh Oh, my god (laughs) uh reach the sky i think might have played oh Oh. Um, incision, which was death before dishonor, 
before that it was Brian's band before that Dysphoria played. Whoa, uh, Jesus! And, that must oh, have been and, the craziest show ever. And Pit Boss. <laughs> oh. Wait, was that the show that uh, like the riot broke out and? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that yeah. show. We were yeah. So I, I think a few of the bands didn't even get to play. Yeah. Yeah, we were the very first band, and it's packed. And from like the minute we start playing, like the very first chord opening, it's like mayhem. People yeah. are like flying <laughs> everywhere. You, you, I'll, I'll send you a link to the video just because it it represents how hard shows were in Philly back then. It was scary. It was oh, really yeah. scary, and I I remember wanting to sing along and mosh and stuff. I was so terrified back then. I I was I was puny, and I looked way younger than I was. And I like I was just terrified of everyone, so I was always hiding. I'm not a big dude, so you know I'm definitely trying to like watch, dodge the kicks and punches, which are most people. You know, they were from my friends too. But when you're <laughs> yeah. out there, you don't really have any friends. You get kicked or punched, then then you're doomed. Right. That's, That's but just one the game. Thing, one yeah. thing I did know, I knew exactly who to stay away from. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I remember they're all in the, they're all in the video. <laughs> uh, it, I, that's like one of those things like uh when you would go to see a show and you knew who was coming up and playing and you're like all right so like this band's about Stand to come on back. i would be like i would specific i would specifically like look at people and be like i'm getting the fuck away from this entire side of the room like it's you're gonna get <laughs> somebody's gonna die we're all gonna fucking die like i gotta get away like i gotta get on i'll dance but i'm dancing on the complete other side of the room like and the thing was is like you could be a hundred feet away from them. They would just charge into you and fucking spin there. kick the whole side of the room. You're like, all right, well, I guess this is just happening now. Sometimes I wanted to intervene. And because <laughs> like sometimes they're like at a Lamb of God show. I remember there was these random metalheads there and they didn't understand oh, no. like yeah. how shit worked. So someone would kind of bump into them and then the, the metalhead would push them. Yeah. And I, I wanted to be like, hey, uh, don't do no. that. Don't, <laughs> don't, Here's the don't thing. do that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yo, don't do that. Here's the thing: if they if you fall down, somebody will pick you up. But don't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just don't. Just yeah. just get get really far away. Also, take your chain wallet off because that gives them something to grab. Don't do that, please. Like, <laughs> like, like for the love of God, like don't like you're you're making this worse. And you're Keith, you're absolutely right. You would see kids coming in and they would like have like a cold chamber shirt on, and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. All right. Yo, just make sure get get in front of them or something. Like do something to help them because they're like they don't I don't think they knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. And then it would happen and you were like oh, exactly and then it's too you, late. And then it's yeah, it, then it by that point it's a it you know, it's a swarm of people just fucking beating the shit out of you. There there was a you know, a few times where I would try to help someone out that wasn't that didn't know what was going on. I'm like, ah, oh, no, no, you don't want to do that. And then they would like, you know, get mad at me or start with me. And I was like, all right, you'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Like, I was like, were- I was just trying to be nice. So I was like, ah, oh, no, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I remember. So uh, we were, I don't even remember who it was, but we were at Palanca park and I was standing next to McGonagall and this band hadn't even started playing. Uh, I think it was diecast. They hadn't even started playing and they were just like literally like doing sound check. And this kid next to McGonagall like reached over and like put his hand on his shoulder and was like, yo, fucking back up. 
And Ooh. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I was yeah, like, you said it to McGonagall. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I walked over to Mike and I was like, hold on. And I stood next to him. So I stood <laughs> in between McGonagall and this kid and Mike, Took that as the message of like, oh, you're going to block him for a split second. As soon as the band starts playing, McGonagall reaches behind my neck, punches this kid in the side of the face, and then fucking goes after him. I'm like, that was not why I was standing here. I wasn't playing defense, shithead. Like, I was trying to fucking (laughs) help you. I was trying to be nice about this and put some space in between you two. And you took it as like a, oh, good, Tommy's on my side. He's going to help me beat this kid up. Like, god damn it. I used to... um do security for all of uh, Bob's shows. And most of them were at like either Palenka or the Pie Lamb and then some other places in Jersey. I remember the one show and Bob and Mike were like best friends growing up oh, yeah. and, and Mike shows up to the show. And I remember Bob specific, specifically telling him, you know, to be cool. And Mike just looks at me. He's like, I'll try. And then, and then, like twenty minutes into the show, he's like already beaten up like three dudes, and then and then just leaves. Yeah, all right, I gotta he, go. I gotta he, kicked, get... he kicked himself out. <laughs> Mike, you did some touring with Punishment too, right? Yeah. So right as Punishment started, it was like we were playing every weekend. Sometimes during the week, sometimes two shows in one day, mm-hmm. like. Uh, Joe was really good at, you know, booking uh, as many shows as possible. So, yeah, we ended up like right away. We went and played Detroit, uh, Canada. We went to Virginia with, um, it was Unearth, Diecast, Blood Has Been Shed, and Punishment. Yeah. (laughs) And then we played like lots of shows in like Jersey and then around everywhere in pennsylvania i'm thinking about the craziness of philly shows was it like crazy on tour too or was everyone like okay we're on tour let's not get into too much trouble no no we were wild (laughs) like i i I remember uh we were in a traffic jam like in i we were either like in detroit or going to detroit so we rented a minivan so it's seven dudes in this minivan yeah with really no equipment because we were borrowing everybody's equipment out there and we (laughs) took all the seats out so we could all just kind of like fit in this minivan and we're in the middle of a traffic jam like it's moving pretty slow and i was like all right i'm teen wolfing this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) so i was standing on top of the van you know like how he does it in the movie teen wolf the surfing yeah yeah and then like i get back in not that far up we see a van that looks just like ours that's pulled over and we're like, yo, we wonder if we, they pulled over because they thought they were teen wolfing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just craziness all the time on the road? There was, yeah. I mean, always something always seemed to happen. And I want to say it wasn't our fault, but who knows? It very well could have been. It, I mean, it, yeah, sure, it could have been. Or, <laughs> I mean, if it was, a lot of times it wasn't us, but maybe it was our friends. Yeah. So, you know, we're guilty by association and we're going to obviously, you know, help out when we needed to. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at that time you're in this, you're in punishment and you're touring. Did you want to make music a full-time gig? Was that in your mind? Like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do all the time. Um, I mean, I wanted to, but I was always very responsible, even from when I was younger. So, like, they wanted to do a lot of touring and I had a job. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I can really 
get off, you know, all this time or whatever. So right. I ended up quitting the band and then they ended up touring like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't have been cool with the touring they were doing in like these broken down, busted ass, like $300 vans, Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I got a little bit of taste later when I ended up, I was in blacklisted. Really? Oh, yeah. I had so, no idea. So when I was in blacklisted, one, the the one tour that we did, mm-hmm. we did a full U.S. and Canada. And the first part of the tour, actually most of the tour was with Punishment. They bought this van. It was like some like old 80s piece of shit van that we had to drive from Philly to Chicago. Because we were playing some like hardcore fest with like... I don't know. Marauder was playing and all out war. I think, you know, like it was pretty good size fest, but for some reason, Jay Pepito was renting our van in Chicago. So they have a 15 passenger van that they're replacing the radiator in the night before in Joe's driveway because we all slept at Joe's house. So there's 18 of us all in the van in this 15 passenger van <laughs> with uh, the the back seats were out. So all the equipment was in the back and you know, like up the pullout couch, it has that real thin mattress. Yeah. yeah. So we have a thin mattress over all the top of the equipment in the back and everyone's squeezed in the van somehow. And in the back, there's four of us laying on top of the, there was me, Jay, Joe, and George, all like like sardines laying in the back of this van. And we drove from Philly to Chicago. It took like 16 hours. I don't know if it's supposed to take that long because I remember trying to sleep the entire time, but waking up the one time where Joe was yelling. Like he just, I don't know how he, he knew, but he woke up. And he's like, You're going the wrong fucking way. <laughs> so we were driving in the wrong direction. I don't know how long because, like I said, I was just trying to make myself sleep until we could get to Chicago. Cause then once we got there, we got our own van and we had a 15 passenger van with a trailer. And then it was only what five of us in that van. So we had our own seat, like the whole bench it was like, like our, you know, it was like our bunk almost. Were you like in the first iteration of blacklisted? Yeah. Right after the first uh, EP um, came out is when I was in the band. And then we did, that tour, we did a tour with Comeback Kid. We did one with Terror. I remember one of the shows we got to play at CBGB's. Oh, nice. Oh, it was Comeback Kid and Champion. They were on the uh, that tour, too. So how did you balance touring with working? Because, you know, I've, I've always had to work. Because I, I pretty much had to fend for myself since I was 21. And, you know, I was always just focused on work and paying rent and that kind of stuff. How would you get the time off to do all these tours so that one was that tour was a couple it was like the whole summer all u.s and then parts of canada and then back to u.s then west coast so i took a leave of absence at work so i was gone that whole summer the one guitar player quit the drummer quit i quit all kind of around the same time and then we ended up starting uh, a different band that ended up being reign supreme so how many kids do you have Three, and how long have how long have you been married? Uh, nine years. So how do how do you segue from like this crazy, wild, on the road music life into the more family lifestyle? 
So we skipped, what did we skip? We skipped Nailed Right In. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Nailed Right In, Mike was in the band with Luke Carmen, who was on the show, right? And around what year would, uh, did this band get together? So it was right after Punishment. Oh, okay. So when I stopped playing with Punishment, then I, we, not maybe like a couple months after, Luke and Mike Lapone were in Life Sick Life together. Yes. And then I was actually in Life Sick Life for like a week. <laughs> so this is, this is how I, so I get into the band because Jay was like, oh, you know, we, we could use another guitar player. They didn't really need another guitar player. But then right as I learned all the songs and like practice with them a few times was when they broke up. Oh, so I, well, so that that's what happened with the other band too, Pike. Yeah. Yeah. So I never <laughs> ended up. Got, so I joined the band and then they broke up. Well, they kind of broke up. Jay and Mike, I think got kicked out. Oh, if really? I, yeah. If I remember right, they kicked them out and then, that was pretty much the end. Because then Luke and Rory started some other band. Demiurge. We talked about that, and I, I talked to Luke about uh, how I dislike KN as well. Yeah, I think Michael Pone. <laughs> Michael Pone was in that band for yeah. a little bit, and then he kicked. He kicked, Lapone got kicked out of that band, and right. then Co- Colin was playing guitar. The webs we weave of all these people. Yeah, they're all we're yeah. all connected. Yeah, and then yeah, so then me, Luke, Lapone ended up starting nailed right in and then we got our friend jay to play bass and then we were looking for a singer for a while and then we wanted to get john costello because i mean around here he's like the best metal singer you can get yeah and he didn't want to do it without jeff goho because they were doing heinous anus together ah. and they wanted to do the two singer thing we were like ah, i don't know about the two singer thing yeah that's so like 99 <laughs> and then they would come they came to a few practices and then they just stopped coming around and then we started trying out more people tom trimble tried out i remember that oh yeah how did that go um he was like more like uh not his vocals were good but it wasn't like metal yeah Yeah. like he was he would could be like a hardcore singer easily i could see him as like a hardcore more screamo singer yeah definitely yeah and he sings really like his singing voice was good but then we ended up uh getting bill sullivan and he had good awesome like metal vocals were kind of like a prayer for cleansing. So then Bill was our singer for the first part of Nail Right In, like the first couple of years. And then Bill quit. And then Mike Brown was our singer, or he was going to be our singer. He he played bass in Punishment. And then that ended up not happening. So then we got John. And then John Costello was the singer of Nail Right In for like the, the rest of the... So John was pretty much been the singer for almost the whole time except the first two years but it went from 2000 until like 2014 that's a long time yeah so nail ridden's been going on even while i was doing blacklisted when i was doing skyscraper when i did suburban hoods you know it nail right in was still going on so how so you decide you don't want to be out on the road in a 15 passenger van with equipment falling down on you and you know all this stuff so how did you just decide like oh i'm just gonna play locally and you know pretty much yeah yeah. pretty pretty much i mean that's kind of what i like i i just want to be in a band for fun yeah i don't want it to be like a job or work and like that felt like work like playing playing the shows is cool but then there's 23 hours you know left in the day where it's not all that fun (laughs) 
I don't think people realize this. I remember being out on tour for all of July and August 2002 with This Day Forward, and you're sleeping in the van, you're sleeping on someone's floor, you're driving super long distances, and I remember being asleep and like having a nightmare that I have to unload all the merch and set it up, and I was like, oh man, and just like, I'm like, this is a grind, man. Yeah, I mean, it works for, like, I remember when my my friends in punishment were doing it like joe damien and mike brown they all they didn't really have anywhere to stay at the moment like damien was sleeping in his car sometimes yeah mike was trying to stay with whatever friend he could and joe got kicked out of his house so it made the most sense like all right let's just tour as much as we can yeah and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a sissy when it comes to sleeping. Yeah, like, me too. I want to sleep in my fucking bed. Yeah, I don't want like, to sleep next to, you know, Joe and Jay. I love them and all, but I want to sleep next to you. I just remember seeing like bands like that were like touring bands and like they would come in and like unload and like, you know, they would start like kind of like just like setting their stuff up and then somebody would like it almost without fail would take their stuff out and like roll like a sleeping bag out or like roll up a sweatshirt and just lay down. And I'm like, that seems horrible. Sad. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is not what you think. Like you would see like Zayo come through and you're like, dude, these guys are fucking famous. And then you would see them like lay down on the ground and you're like, Oh no. Yeah. Trying to brush their teeth with a bottle of water. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh, it's like that. Yeah, it's yeah. There it's, was there was we we I like on tour. I don't remember staying in any hotels. We slept in the van or at people's houses. Yeah, and then one time we rented a hotel for an hour to take showers because it was like it was like a week since we could find a shower, and we uh-huh. stopped it. We're in Prairie Dog Town in like some in the middle Midwest, and we're like, can we just rent the room just to take showers? And they're like, yeah, sure. yeah it's not a glamorous lifestyle unless you're you too or something yeah oh i have another little funny tidbit so at that time i lived at home my whole life i never did laundry ever i didn't do laundry (laughs) in my life yeah so george the singer blacklisted was nice enough to do my laundry for me because i was like uh like asking him all these questions i was like uh I, i never did laundry and he's like you just do this i was like all right, well, like this, he's like, just give me your stuff. So he would, <laughs> he would he would wash my clothes for me. I was like, oh, thanks, man. That's nice. Yeah, it was it was really nice of him. Did you ever learn to do laundry after that? Yeah, I do my I do laundry all the time now. Oh man. Yeah, now that I'm an old dad. <laughs> yeah, God, with three kids, you know what the worst is, and this is something people don't tell you about parenting. When you have a baby, a full load of baby clothes seems like oh it's just the baby's clothes it is like it's 40 minutes worth of fucking folding because it's so small everything's so tiny and it's like unbelievable like i'll be folding stuff for like 15 20 minutes and i'll look up and go it's not even half the fucking basket it's not even half the basket like what the fuck how many clothes does this kid wear like babies go through so much see now my kids are older my kids are 16 12 and 7 oh good so, you know, and now with like the pandemic, like my son will wear the same shorts all week. Oh, yeah. Because he, he's not he's he's not even leaving his room. <laughs> I've been wearing the same outfit, I think, for three weeks. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 
I mean, if you're not going anywhere. I don't. Well, when I go somewhere, I put on something else. But I yeah. have like my home. Or my pants. outside pants. Otherwise, yeah. I'm yeah. wearing these inside pants. Exactly. Yep. So, Mike, I we were talking about this in the first segment, and I want to talk about it now. You're part of Pizza Justice as well, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm – that's my thing. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this because – I think I eat pizza every day, whether it's frozen pizza or whether it's Carmine's, the good shit, or yeah. John's in the village. I, I'm a I'm a pizza connoisseur. It's probably the food I eat the most, uh, both because I love it and out of convenience. So let's talk about this a little. You're bit. in the best place, uh, you know, to be eating pizza as well. A hundred percent. There, nothing beats it. Nothing. So uh, me and my friends would always be talking about food. Yes. And I just started a Facebook group, you know, within my friends. So that way we could like post about food mostly, but you know, I just, I was like, Oh, pizza justice. That's a cool name. Why not? (laughs) And then like right away we were getting like all these followers were, you know, people that I didn't know. And it just kept like growing and growing and growing. And now it's kind of like it runs itself. Almost there's over, Last time I checked, there was like 5.3 thousand followers on on the group. Yeah, and there's like tons of posts and comments about, you know, all different kinds of food, mostly pizza. Yeah. And like pizza reviews. It's kind of like the, like, sort of like the Barstool guy. Oh, yeah. You know, like where you, you go and you can, you know, you rate the food or you rate the pizza. And then I started doing videos, uploading on YouTube, but I wasn't like kind of too serious about it. Then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get serious. I'm going to like, because I was trying to like figure out video editing. It was getting fun. Then the pandemic started. So there was like been a a big gap of not doing the videos. And now like once things kind of clear up, I wanted to focus more on the YouTube channel and do like more, more videos that are, you know, funny. So what's the best pizza you can get in Bucks County? In Bucks County? Yes. Um, I'm going Caesars. That's the one in Bristol, right? That's the one in Bristol. Yeah, Tre- I've had it, that. It's Trenton style, which yes. is like thin and well done. My favorite pizza is um, Papa's Tomato Pie in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Mm. Uh, there, there's a guy that's that I met from the pizza group. Uh, his name is Eliyahu, and he just um, bought Yardley Pizza. Mike, I was actually I was in Bristol not that long ago, and I went to go get a hoagie at uh, Zanti's. Yeah, at they got Zanti's. pizza just they got pizza justice stickers. They got a sticker on, on the front door. On the door, yeah. <laughs> Mario's my boy, man. I've been going there my whole life. <laughs> I saw. I was like walking in. I was like, they have. If you are ever in Bristol, it's the best Italian hoagie ever. It's um, it's so good, and it's just like everything's on point with it. It's one of the best hoagies I've ever had. Um, but like I was walking in, I was like, "Pizza Justice, <laughs> it's fucking Migs." Yeah, like, that's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, here's got- a controversial question: What's the best pie you can get in Philly? See, a lot of people they they dog it, but I really like Pizza Brain. Yeah, I haven't had it yet, but I want to. Now, I, last time I was in Brooklyn, I had um, Best Pizza. Yes. So I don't know how close Yo, or far that is to you, but that's... I go there every Thursday with my friends. I walk there from Brooklyn Bazaar. Yes. Because I was playing a show there, and I was like, oh, I got to go to Best Pizza because it's the the host of uh, the pizza show on Vice. 
So what else do you got going on, Mike? Any any current or new new musical projects that we want to talk about or sure. any, anything that we didn't mention? So um, like right before you know the shutdown happened, I've been recording uh, all things by myself, like doing the guitar, drums, bass. Um, and then I had John from Nail Right In, John Costello, singing, and that project was called Die. I only released the one song and I shot my first like music video mm-hmm. and I edit, I edited it myself and that was just to like try to figure out if I could do it. Right. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then that's when like this happened. So like everything kind of got put on hold until now I would say, cause like, I think it around here anyway, it feels like things are starting to get better. Yeah. Um, and you know, I got my shots, so I kind of feel a little safer because i've been pretty safe like i you know we were not going anywhere at all and i haven't really seen anybody either so that was the other reason and the other thing i was doing me and uh do you remember the band burnside yes oh yeah wasn't it was alex in that band yeah 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 yeah. alex lives in texas now me and him have been recording uh, metal cover songs of TV theme songs from the eighties. I remember you posting something about this, like you so did, we, like the Golden Girls one and shit. We like, did, re- we did with Reading Rainbow, the Golden Girls, Perfect Strangers, and Saved by the Bell so far. So I'll record all the music and then I'll email it to him. He records all the vocals in Texas, sends it back to me, and then I'll you know finish it here and just upload it. And folks, check that out on Instagram. It's making old songs heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Mosh, uh, you know. I didn't even put together the acronym. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that, we're like, well, what, should, what should we call it? And then we, me and him are also doing some uh, original um, music too, but I haven't released it yet. As far as I know, it's going to be called Golden Gloves. My My passion project is I want to be in a band that covers old video game songs. Uh, while, I, while I got you on here, I want to ask you. I've listened to your record all the time. You do? Yeah, the Basement Years. It's yeah. fucking awesome. So oh, wow. what? What are you doing with music? You're always interviewing, so now it's my turn. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yeah. First of all, thank you. I'm really glad you like the record. Yeah, and it's awesome. Second, I'm not doing shit. Oh, let's do some songs. Yes, please. I'm. I'm Can you record stuff there? I'm gonna figure that out soon. I'm going to figure that out soon. Maybe I can ask you what I need to get. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so me and uh, me and Vadim were trying to do a song too, because he was like doing those collaborations. And then me and him were going back and forth. And we have a song that we did, but never ended up finishing. And then I don't want to really bother him too much because I know he's busy finishing his solo record now too. Yeah, man, we're going to play. We're going to play because... Uh... I haven't done anything since the basement year because I got involved in some other stuff and now this podcast, but I'm itching to play again. Uh, like for the longest time, I could never grasp the concept of like recording shit. And then one day I had this like aha moment where I was like, oh, that's what you got to do. I'm like, fuck, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. Like I know I can do it because I figured out all this podcast stuff. I figured out how to record and edit video and sound and I just figured all this shit out in the last year. So I know what, like, it's just a matter of doing it. And that's yeah. what takes me forever. I'm I'm definitely not, you know, a pro, but if, I mean, you got my number. Yeah. So you got any questions or what, or I, I could 
just, you know, tell you whatever I know. Like I can get things to record and it sounds <laughs> kind of, you know, all right. And That's it's good fun. enough for me. And it's fun that you're able, like now with technology, like that I can record shit and send it to Vadim in California. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't have to be next to each other to jam. Exactly. It's, yes. It, 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 you know, same thing with Alex in Texas. It just makes it like a lot of fun. So are, are we going to play Who Would Headline? All right. Since, since you've requested, here we go. All right. Now, by special request, we're going to play Who Would Headline? And Mike, you're well familiar, but this is the game where we take two bands and based on Instagram followers, legacy, how long have they been around, how long have they not been around, you have to guess who would headline. Mike, are you well, ready to play the game? Oh, oh, Keith, I'm, I'm so ready. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, here's our first question. Mike, who would headline? Earth Crisis or Snapcase? And now this is in 2021. Who would headline? Earth Crisis or Snapcase? So, I'm going to say easily Earth Crisis because Snapcase sucks. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. I'm here to give you the answer. You are wrong. What? Snapcase would headline. Really? In 2021? Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't play as much. So I think they've built up a little more legacy. Earth Crisis still plays often. So, you know, they didn't do the whole, like, we're gone for a decade and the legend grew and now we're back thing. Uh, Well, when Snap, the last last time they played, uh, they didn't do too well. Where did they play? The last time Earth Crisis played, it was wild. Well, I, honestly, I just kind of guessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong, wrong guess. <laughs> you wrong, host. <laughs> All right. Next question. Are you ready? I think so. All right. Here we go. This is going to be an interesting one. All right, Mike. Who would headline? Dysphoria or punishment? So, since I've seen this game before... And I know you're supposed to pick your own band. I learned this from Colin Frangicetto. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> he made the mistake. I'm going to have to go. I think it would probably be Dysphoria since they've been around the longest. And Dysphoria is the reason Punishment was a band. But my answer is going to be Punishment because it was my band. Michael, you have selected Punishment. And you are correct. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Punishment have built up a legacy for themselves. And I think, I think, if both bands were to reunite tomorrow, that Punishment would headline. That's my personal opinion. And that's what this game is based upon. (laughs) I I like it. So so you like Snapcase more than Earth Crisis? Yes. Oh, okay. I am a Snapcase guy. All right. All right, final question. Are you ready? I'm nervous, but yes. I think you can do it. Here we go. All right, Mike. Who would headline? Metallica or Slayer? Oh, shit. Well, Metallica, because it's Metallica. Mike, you are absolutely correct. (laughs) What did he win? Well, you win 
a pizza. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Go buy yourself a pizza, motherfucker. Yeah. And uh, tell yourself it's from me. And yeah. there you have it, folks. An unprecedented two-show run of Who Would Headline. We're happy to have the game back, and we're happy to play the game today with Mr. Mike Migliacci. So, folks, Thank you very much. Be sure to tune in again next time for another rendition of Who Would Headline, the game where I make up answers to who would headline between two bands and I try to have people guess it. <laughs> I, I try to have people I try to people have guess on a whim what I've selected. Pre- I love prior. it. It's, it's really a good uh, good game. Very uh, good bit. Awesome. Well, Mike, you know, it's been great to catch up and I always say it on the show but I'm I'm glad that we have this thing because I would feel weird calling you up and being like, hey, let's talk about your musical past and what's going on with you and all this stuff. And I don't know, I, I get to connect with all the people that we know in this way and figure out what they did and what they've been up to. And I just want to thank you uh, for taking the time tonight to talk to us. Thanks for having me on the show. I've been a uh, fan since the beginning. I listen to almost every one of them, uh, and I enjoy them all. They're They're great. And uh, fuck acoustic guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it was funny when you were saying, Mike, you were like, oh, uh, I'll be in any type of band like this. I play this music. And then in my head, I was going like, how about an acoustic band, Mike? Yeah, that would have been <laughs> awesome if you said that. I'd be like, all right, maybe not any. I'm going to start a 12 string. We're going to uh, 12 string and banjo band. What do you think? That would actually be kind of cool. No, I know no. I'm going off. I'm, I'm going like <laughs> off character here but i think that might i think that might be cool as cool as the beatles oh let's not go there look ah (laughs) as cool as e-town yes nothing's cooler than e-town no nobody i got to play with e-town when i was in punishment Uh, that was pretty awesome how was a couple times a couple times actually were you like boys with them would you like see them and be like yeah what's up uh well joe was Uh, i didn't really i didn't really talk to too many like I wasn't as uh, outgoing as uh, as he was. I hear you. Me too. I'm I'm not I'm not that outgoing. Believe it or not, like I don't know if I was like drunk or high, I would be. I drank and did a lot of drugs to not be so introverted. But my natural <laughs> state is pretty introverted. I don't think I am, but I'm like I'm like kind of shy. I'm not. You know, I'll I'll talk to you, especially you know if I know you. But I'm not going to be like. You know, all up in your business if I don't know you. Exactly. But if you, but you could definitely call me and we could talk about music. Like, you know, that I, I understand how you'd say that would be weird because it's not like, all right, so tell me about yourself. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm folding baby clothes right now. You'd be like, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy, some final words for Mike? Uh, I appreciate you coming on, Mike. It's always nice to see you. I, I see you at shows periodically. It's always nice to talk to you. And I appreciate you coming on and just, telling stories man because it's it's one of those things that uh this is kind of getting back to the idea of like we wanted to make sure we preserved some of these things that happened and this is a great way to do it is just talking through like hey do you remember this happening or like i I think my favorite part of the show is like when we talk about things that like (laughs) hey remember that time mcgonagall punched all those people with that show and like (laughs) yeah i i don't know why that's my favorite part i think because it just brings back those memories of being at shows. Yeah. And it's, is that's exactly it. It was the, the chaos of what those shows were like. And I think 
uh, a lot of people, especially kids coming up now, like you go to circus shows or any of those bands and it's like, it's very, it's very tame and the people are polite to each other. And in my head, I'm going like, I remember being at shows where I'm like, I saw that kid playing with a box cutter before. I'm going to keep my distance. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, think about it. There was no way that this is hardcore. Would it be able to happen, you know, 20 years ago? It wouldn't have been able to last this long because oh my God, no. how, you know, wh- all those bands, number one, and all the kids from back in the day in the same place. Like, all right, so all those kids are still at the show, but we're all old now. So everyone's kind of like just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. everybody calm down. Everybody yeah. calm down. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome that, you know, there's, you know, uh, no problems. Yeah. It's not, I, as, it's not as wild anymore. And there's like, it's safe enough for girls to, you know, get into the pit without dying. Exactly. Yeah. I go to a Philly hardcore show now and I'm not scared at all. And if I'm not scared, you know it's okay. There you have it, folks. Mike Migliacci. A lot of great stories in there. Oh, there was a great tidbit when we when we hit stop. He said he was in the original lineup of A Life Once Lost. I th- I think Vadim told us about that too when they were when they were first starting A Life Once Lost. Mike Mig was the singer, and he left because there was a dispute over the band name. They wanted to call it A Life Once Lost. Mike was not into that. What did he want to call it? The Truth Hurts or something? The truth hurts. Was that it? Shit. Wait, let me let me ask him. I was going to say, just text him. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, I want to give a huge shout out to Vadim Tavor. I was trying to figure out a song on guitar, and I was struggling unbelievably so. And I just sent him a quick text, and a day and a half later, he sent me all the tabs written out and like a five minute tutorial video on how to play it. And he was like, actually, this is the part I think you're struggling with. It is kind of a little bit hard. Here's the one section just, and he like closed up on his fingers. I was like, dude, it was absolutely perfect. It's exactly what I needed. So Vadim, you're the man you always come through in a clutch. And it's so, no, so nice to know somebody that actually knows music. Actually, I got real embarrassed because he was like, yeah, um, it's an E flat. And then you just tune down to C sharp. And I was like, uh, what <laughs> like I had to, you what yeah i had to look up i was like i know what e flat is i was like all right tune down half a step i got that part but he's like then tune to c sharp and i was like basically what the way i thought of it is is like tune to e flat and then do drop d from there but it's not drop d it's c sharp so and that song ladies and gentlemen that vadim helps tommy learn yes beneath by memorial yeah one of the best songs ever written and he was so he he had pointed out something to me that i didn't even notice and i guess this is something that i i I probably should kind of train my ear a little bit better he was like yo is that the copy you listened to that you sent me on youtube of course youtube but um he's like is that the copy like that you listened to and i was like yeah he's like dude that sounds like shit it's all compressed and fucking grainy like how do you fucking listen to that and i was like I didn't even notice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't notice it sounded bad. He's like, dude, you really got to listen to that carefully. <laughs> like now I listened to it in the car on the way home. And I was like, yeah, hey, I guess I can kind of hear it. Like it's but- ripped from vinyl. You're talking about beneath, right? That's a, 
MP3 rip from like 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's not good. So whatever. But listen. Oh, Mike said uh, he was he wanted to call a life once lost. Duh, da truth hurts, and Vadim wanted to call it a life once lost, and they could not come to an agreement. So Mike left. I wonder if hurts had a Z in it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Oh, but also shout out to uh, our sound man and Vadim's brother, Richard Taver. Yeah. Who got his watch apprenticeship. If you remember on our one-year anniversary special, Richie was talking about how he wanted to do a watch apprenticeship. Now, I don't know if he got it through the same company, but he got it. He's going to be doing it. Yeah. I. Th- it's the Lidditz Watch Technicum. That's the place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you think he's still going to do sound for us, even though he's doing that? I don't think so. <laughs> so this is kind of a. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, I don't know how. I, my thing is, is that that is such an exclusive program to get into. I imagine he's probably going to be really busy, right? He's going to be really busy. Well, when he's editing this, he'll listen and tell us. <laughs> he'll just call you. And be, yeah, I quit. Stupid. <laughs> So congrats, Richie. Thank you, Vadim, for showing Tommy that song. I, I want to learn that song, too. I know how to pl- I play a version of it in E standard, but it's yeah. probably a little different. It's You know what is nice? I, can, I figured out a lot of it in E standard, too, but now I can actually play the song and play along with like, the actual version of it. And uh, the only thing, and this is something I get a little bit kind of like iffy about. I hate taking my guitar out of standard tuning. Yeah, well, like because it's just oh, I'm always like now I got to tune it back up to play like normal songs. <laughs> and I just don't exactly. feel like taking the time. Such yeah. a lazy bomb with that stuff. Yeah, like I I put the guitar in Dad Gad to try that, and I was like, why'd I do this? Now I got to tune everything back up, and I don't want to do it. I'm I'm just lazy. It is nice though, is that if you are looking for like some odd tunings, just a you can just go on youtube and type the tuning in and somebody will literally make a two minute video of them with the actual like perfect sound so they'll be like here's d here's a here's d and they'll go down the whole thing and they'll wait in between each one and let it ring out a couple times um so you can tune just by ear just listening to it it's really nice what else is going on yo you know what i i did something saturday that i haven't done in a long time what'd you do drugs no 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 i'm just kidding uh i was outside all day oh i saw that you went to the you went to the zoo i went to prospect park zoo with some friends we've turned into we've turned it into a annual pilgrimage where we visit this goat remember when i was texting you about the goats the first year and we were talking about black philip from the witch and stuff and how they have sideways pupils yeah there's this goat there named ringo and we go to see him and so i was at the zoo and then I went to a party at night, like a party with regular people drinking a lot and stuff. It was really weird. I was going to say, I have a wedding to go to, not this weekend, but the next. And uh, I already volunteered to be designated driver. <laughs> there you go. Are you going to drink at all? Um, Honestly, I might have a glass of wine. Uh, mm. Or a, a, uh, if they have like, it depends on what kind of beer they have. If they have Guinness, I'll have a Guinness. But I don't think it's one of those places where it's like a venue for a wedding that you basically, they supply nothing. Like you have to bring your own caterer, your own bar, your own. So I, I think they're on the hook with like bringing the alcohol. So I think they're going to kind of just do like a very like, we have Coors Light and Miller Light. 
and then here's like white Zinfandel and red. Like, I, I think it's going to be very kind of bare bones, like in terms of the choices of alcohol. So if I'm choosing to drink alcohol, it better be stuff I actually want. So possibly I won't have anything. <laughs> well, at, I was at this party and I showed up very early. My move is if I'm at a party where there's going to be a lot of drinking, I show up very early and then I leave right when it starts to get crazy. Gotcha. And there was, I was talking to this girl there and I was catching a vibe, but she came with this dude and I, I couldn't tell if they were just friends or like more. Like, were they touching each other? No. And so, she said, she said we're friends, but I, I don't know. I'm neurotic. I don't know. Yeah. If she said we're friends, that is a dead giveaway that they are not banging. So do I have to like, should I like ask my friend like what her deal is or something? Why don't you ask her? I don't, I don't know her. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Then if you don't know her yeah, ask your friend and be like, oh, hey, see if she wants to go out on a date. No, I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon. I can't be getting involved with this stuff. Uh, I, I, you know what? Honestly, I, I don't blame you. There's yeah. a very big part of my brain that when I came out of a really serious relationship, you know, a long time ago, uh, very gun shy. Like, yeah, like, I, I, you know, I'm sitting there talking to this girl and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, you really want to get in, you wanna really want to start this again now? Like, are you ready for that? No, I'm not. I always think of, uh, remember that old Mitch Hedberg joke where he talks about, uh, why would you drink red, red wine? It gives you a headache. And he's like, why would I skip something? Because the middle part is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you not get involved with a girl that's rad? Like, if, you know, like, oh, this is eventually going to end. Shit, we're all going to die eventually, too. I mean, I'm going to still do rad stuff in between, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, like, the most, like, I always, I, I consistently go back to, like, uh, with stuff like this, it's like, you can get yourself into a mindset where you're just going to not try anything. Cause you're like, ah, eh, this went badly the last time. And it's like, eh, I'd rather open myself up and see what happens and then fucking deal with the aftermath. Yeah. We're already kind of ruined. We're already bro- profoundly broken people. <laughs> like yeah. how much more damage can you do? You know, I, I could tell there was a vibe cause she, she asked what my name was again. And I was like, Oh, okay. I actually, always this was my go-to thing like or not go-to but this was my signal if a girl liked me if she touched my arm when i was talking to her like if she leaned over and was like wait 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 what'd you say like they're like oh hey all right yeah you don't have to make physical contact but you chose to that's a good sign yeah so uh yeah i i picked up i picked up some signs i picked up some signs but no i, I don't feel like getting involved with anything right now i'm i'm, I'm too busy i'm too tired fair enough yeah uh, I'm I'm not emotionally ready, Tommy. I'm very fragile. I, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep trying to say you're like not saying anything, which is very weird. I just so don't know what to say. So, with this. so I keep trying to say stuff to get reactions out of you, I, and it's not working. Here's the only thing: because I don't want to get, I don't want to ever give advice on things like this, and then it, it backfire, and then somebody be like, "See, you told me to do this." <laughs> fucking went south like uh yeah my bad i didn't i i i i'd rather play uh very standoffish with this because i don't want to give you bad advice and then you'd be like yeah this dope story like put me in the wrong direction now i gotta deal with the aftermath of it i wouldn't do that because 
with my last relationship, I said no at first because I thought something bad might happen. And everyone else told me, yes, give it a shot. So I listened to everyone else and not myself, but I'm not mad at all the everyone else. I I don't blame them at all. See how mature I am? See, here's what I, then if that's your mindset, then dude, I would just throw a text at the person that knows you or that knows her. Yeah. Get her Instagram or whatever. I don't know. How do you, how do the young people talk nowadays? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Get her number. That's a weird one. Don't call her. No, I'm not going to do it. Do you ever get a phone? Like, I I have a hard time when someone just calls me that I know. Like picking up the phone. Like I look at it and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You could have texted me. Like, there was a brief calling? period when I was 20, in my early 20s, where I would walk up to women I didn't even know and talk to them and get their numbers. I was like really burned by, I don't know, the girlfriend I was with at the time, you know, like we were going through a rough patch or something and we're broken up. So I was like, oh, I'll show her. And I, I just started approaching a lot of women and talking to them and asking for their numbers. And it worked most of the time, but... I could never do that now. Really? Yeah. What do you think stopping you now? Is it that fear of like it could go poorly? Lack of caring. Okay. Yeah. It's more apathy than than fear. Yeah, I just okay. don't care. Like I being in a relationship or whatever else seems like it would be a, it's like drugs. Like I'm like, yeah, that would be fun, but think about the consequences. I get where you're going with that cuz like yeah. Eventually, it could end sour. Yeah, my my experience, my only experience is that it ends badly. So, and I realize that's a, like a bleak outlook, but that's my reality. Well, it, keep in mind though, it 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 ended sour for me for a long time with a lot of girls, and then yes. and then it went really well. Well, I'm happy for you until my wife leaves me, and then we'll <laughs> we'll have to do <laughs> and we'll have an episode about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll do a we'll do like a string of episodes about that oh yeah kelly actually i was talking about this the other night kelly was like uh how do i get on the podcast what because i was saying like you know we were talking about having her on and she's like how do yes. i get on the podcast and i was like well we would just be downstairs on the same mic like we would just talk at the same time and we would just kind of have to take turns and she like looked at me and she was like you have to be there and I was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just abject disgust like she was disgusted with it i was like uh yeah like no we're not doing that she's gonna be in one room with a computer and headphones and you're gonna be on your usual setup okay yeah i don't know oh yeah well this is her that okay we'll have to figure that out you have two computers this is her computer (laughs) this is what i'm my setup is her computer so you have two computers i have my work computer yes but i don't know if it's gonna record well we gotta fucking play around with that Shout out to Migs because we were having a conversation after we were off the air and he was, I was talking about recording and Keith and I always talk about recording and he was like, oh, I have an extra guitar interface at my house that I don't use. So I'm going to stop by Migs and fucking uh, grab a uh, guitar interface from him so I can fucking start recording at my house. There you go. We're, we're on our way to home recording. It's going to be amazing. All right. Well, we're out of time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure did. Tommy? I had a blast. Talking yeah. old, talking old Philly hardcore people getting beat up stories that's that's my that's my milieu that's my thing i like it i do like it i i mean it wasn't fun at the time but i don't know i just i do i still like talking about it i think it was it was like scary fun yeah like in the same way that like you know going on a roller coaster or watching a horror movie is fun uh yeah. except you can actually really get hurt and really be scarred for life 
Oh, good callback to end it on. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next time.